Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome to episode of 169, Nice of Fortune, John. I am Gail Saunders here with Evan Hollywood Hearn. And as a podcast, and as a fan base, we deserve answers. I repeat, we deserve answers. And out the front office, the Eagles can't provide answers to questions. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. The truth is ugly, folks. It's, the proof is in the pudding. We can sit here and feel like everything's honky-dory. Our eagles are 4, 10, and 1. Let me repeat that again. 4, 10, and 1 does not sound like having fun. The Eagles are 22, 24, and 1 since winning Super Bowl 52. I mean, it's you can sit here and, and backpedal and look at the situation at hand and realize that things are not going right. Things are regressing. We are missing in the draft. Things are wrong organizationally when it comes to finding players. Things are going wrong and disconnected between our GM, Howie Roseman, and Doug Peterson. Things are going wrong, and things are disconnected between our head coach, Doug Peterson, and Carson Wentz. There's a lot of disconnects. There's a lot of injuries. There's a lot of player personnel moves that are mind-boggling. But all these things have led us to this point. And the truth of the matter is it a dysfunctional football team? It's a bad football team. Every single team in this league has dealt with injuries. Every team in this league has dealt with the COVID situation. But we are the laughing stock of the NFC East. We're the only team in the NFC East that doesn't have a chance to go to the playoffs in a historically terrible division. We are the worst team, the butt of the joke. There's no more backtracking. Jeffrey Lurie, this is your team. Howie Roseman, this is what you assembled. Doug Peterson, this is your football team, and you are the captain of the ship. 
So these are the issues. My friend Evan Hollywood Hearn, we are going to talk about those issues today. How are you feeling, my friend? I think we're entitled to some answers today, Gail. I think we're entitled to some answers. We're a fan base that's been suffering. Let me repeat something that you just said. Four, ten, and one. That is beyond pathetic. We have an opportunity after this game if we hopefully lose. I've changed my uh my I've changed my sales on this one where I I have been looking for the Eagles to just find a way to backdoor their way into the playoffs. It's not happening. That's officially over with. Uh, at this point now, I want the best draft pick available. And the best pick we could possibly get to is the third pick. How sad is that, Gail? How sad is that, that we could be that high on the draft board? You talked about how this is one of the most historically worst divisions in the history of the NFL. And it certainly is. It really is. And we are at the bottom of that historically bad division. And I'll add something even a little further there. How about the fact that we are the only team in this historically bad division that has kept a healthy quarterback this entire year? We had a healthy Carson Wentz. We have a healthy Jalen Hurts right now. We never lost our quarterback due to injury. Every single other team in this division has lost their quarterback because of injury, and their seasons have been put in jeopardy because of that. If you were to tell me at the beginning of the season that we would have the only healthy quarterback in this division, I would say that we would win this division by a landslide. When you look at that on paper, that's the only thing that makes sense. But no, we have regressed not only this season. Our players have not only regressed. You look at that Super Bowl year. We win the Super Bowl. Next year, losing the divisional round. Next year, losing the wild card. This year, no playoffs. Tell me how this isn't a regression. Look me in the face and tell me how this team hasn't regressed. Because you'd be lying. You'd be lying right to my face. I'm disgusted with this team. We, we have a lot of holes to fill. We're not going anywhere. This fan base isn't going anywhere. So we got to start patching the holes. We're looking for the answers. Gail, please cool me down. <laughs> I, I can't, man. I, mean, I, 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 I went into this podcast talking about, like, all right, let's, let's look at some uh, uh, situations. And, and I, I just, as, I, as I dug deeper into all the issues that were piling up for this team, the more upset I got, the more frustrated I got with the different moves that were made or uh, weren't made. Um, you start to look at the situation with Howie Roseman and, and Doug Peterson, you know, talk about his pressure, you're talking about him wanting more say, you know, the, the story about coming out today about um, you know, the disconnect between the front office and the coaching staff, whether you, you talk about, um, players that were on the board where, where maybe the coaches probably had a certain feel or the scouts had a certain feel uh, and they went a different direction. And maybe Howie with the final say uh, went his way. Um, and that's causing a divide in, in, in the front office. I, I, I believe, I think it's causing a divide between Howie Roseman and uh, coach Peterson um, from stuff that I've heard their relationship has been rocked. Um, and that's one of I think that's from the looks of it, that's what it looks like. Yeah. I mean, talking about the disconnect between Wentz and, and, and uh, Coach Peterson, did, did, do I feel like that relationship is a solid one? No, it, it seems like a rocky road to me. Right. Um, I feel like that's what it looks like. And, and mean, so, how can a player regress like he has in an offense that he's been with and a coach that he's only coaches only known in the NFL? 
And you're going to tell me that this is what it looks like in the fifth year. Like, no, that's not normal. Yeah. And, and uh, if you're looking at it in that scope and you're looking at it, just all of the dysfunction in the locker room, you're looking at all of the just lack of chemistry that exists. I, I want to flip it around and just look at like, what are the good relationships that are left in this Eagles organization? Can you think of any? Cause really the only good relationships I can think of is the camaraderie amongst the young players. And like, that's all well and good. I'm glad that the young players are getting along, but you need an entire team. You need vets. You need coaches. You need a front office. You need everybody to be on the same page in order to have success. And nobody is on the same page. I don't even think they're reading out of the same book. So we, we, uh, <laughs> it's a disaster, Gail. It's a damn disaster. I mean, you, you're talking about like the moves that were made by this front office and we're talking about you know, drafting wise uh, that year, the years that we had on the table where you make moves and do great things with Parson Wentz on a rookie contract mm-hmm. uh, are, are gone and done and over with. Reality is set in. Uh, you have to pay the piper, and now that lack of money and the lack of players that you hit on in that era um, is a reason why we're sitting in the situation we are in. I mean, some of the moves—if you even go back to our quarterback too that was on the field, a tire salesman who was was, was asked, "There's no such thing as a Michael Jackwet Island." Only in Philadelphia is that a thing. I don't even that, think his own manager at the tire store would leave him alone on a shift. I mean, the fact that Will Parks could have been there as a year safety and they moved Jalen Mills up to play corner, that could have been a thing if Will Parks wasn't. Yeah. And 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 you look you look at Will Parks' departure from Philadelphia and how weird was that? Like it was out of nowhere. It was Will Parks was a guy who wasn't necessarily contributing a lot to this team. Uh, We weren't seeing him much out there, but that just goes back to all of the coaching mistakes that we've talked about this year and just not playing guys in the positions they're supposed to be playing in. You know, we we started Nate Gary for the first half of the season um, when we had Alex Singleton waiting in the wings right behind him. Uh, Like you talked about with Will Parks, we could have easily at least patched up those holes instead of trying to grab a guy out of a freaking tire sale position the the decisions that are made by this team have just been detrimental and they they continue to make the wrong decision after wrong decision and so when do we finally pump the brakes and when does jeffrey laurie finally cut bait and you know insert himself in this situation to regain control of this team because right now they're spiraling when you think about the last time that they had double digits loss losses like this uh andy reed uh, who's the most winningest coach here? He he got the boot after um, catching L's like like um, he did. Um, and here we are with Doug Peterson, a guy who in his presser kind of like kind of kind of boasted, not boasted, but kind of seemed like he puffed his chest and he was kind of like talking about his his, his record here, um, his ability to make the playoffs, his ability to bring this organization a Super Bowl, which is nothing to be laughed at or talking down to, but the fact of the regression, uh, the fact of the, the little things if you're paying attention, and all Eagle fans are actually paying attention more so than ever. The writing is on the wall, and the direction that this team is headed in is, is alarming. 
I mean, you're talking about an aging roster who's dealt with injuries over and over and over again. You're talking about it's hard to name players uh, under 30 that are playmakers on this team. I mean, guys that are Fletcher Cox is 30. Uh, Darius Slay is 29. Uh, I mean, you're, you're trying to think about younger guys. Like, I mean, Zach Ertz is 30. Rodney yeah, Sanders Crowder, is the 30. only one that you can really point to. Lane Johnson, 30. You know, there's not many two, there's not many, many players. um, I mean, I'm talking about playmakers. I'm talking about like guys that are, you know. Make uh, a difference in a game. Yeah, consistent, consistent playmakers. There are, there are hardly any at this point. And it talks to the coaching that Doug had said, maybe it's the coaching. You know, maybe, maybe we have to look at, maybe we have to go back to fundamentals. You're talking – you're a Super Bowl team three years ago, but I'm saying you're a Super Bowl winning head coach. You talk about getting back to fundamentals. Um, it's it's far too far too late, Doug. And at, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's a real it's a real issue. Um, just the whole disconnect. It seems all it, it all seems wrong. Do you think that uh, a portion of why we don't have playmakers in the whole development end of it would be that, like, how often we try and spread the ball around? I mean, I feel like when you look at all of our wide receivers last year, we didn't have a wide receiver go over 500 yards. This year, we're putting up pretty much the same numbers. The ball gets spread around, like, pretty much evenly, I feel like, throughout the entire offense. Do you think that like not just honing in on one guy more often than the other guys is what's preventing them from becoming playmakers. I, I just, I think the way they're utilized is incorrectly. I think uh, some of these players um, can be put in better situations. To win. I think about, you know, the argument that keeps banging us over the head is a Jalen Rager versus uh, a Justin Jefferson. The, the man missed what, six games. How many games did he miss? Like six games. Yeah. Like, um, half year. like that, you know, if we're going to, like, put those up against each other, I think it's, you know, I think it's unfair. But you, in the reality, you'll, you'll look at that situation. But I think um, if you're talking about Jalen Rager, why has why he hasn't been successful? Your quarterback in his fifth year in this offense is his worst year. Your, your other tight end, who's been tight end one for how long, has had his worst year in his career. Alshon Jeffrey has had his worst year. Uh, career year here this year. Deshaun Jackson has had his worst career year here. Um, you can you can go on and on. How many players have looked this poorly in this offense? So please don't expect the rookie to shine. Um, obviously, you have to start looking at the offense again. I mean, Schwartz gets his. You, you can look at Schwartz, but in an offensive scoring league, this offense has been putrid. Putrid. I mean, you know, we're talking about a bottom barrel offense. You know, they we failed to reach 20 points in seven games. Like, 20 points. And if you're looking around the league, we are the only team in the league besides the New York Jets that haven't scored 30 points in a All game. All year. All year long, we haven't scored 30 points. Like, it's unbelievable, Gail. I mean, it's the truth. I mean, the, the truth is ugly. And as a as a podcast and uh, as uh, two people speaking from uh, 
as, as in the in the fan base, um, we have to sit here and own it. You know, we have a terrible football team right now. You know, I remember I was uh, making a custom pair of brown shoes, Cleveland brown shoes for my boy. Diehard Browns fan. Shout out to shout out to Matt. They're having um, a decent year. Better now. He was like, he actually went to the uh, Indianapolis uh, at the combine. And he hit me up. And he was like, nice. oh, I'm, I'm watching the combine right, combine right now. My Browns. Oh, man, I hope my Browns draft Carson Wentz. He's like, if this guy's the truth, he, oh, man, like he, he's the real, the real deal as a Browns fan. And uh, we, we were just talking about that that story. And then I, I made these Browns kicks for him. He's, just, he's like, we're, we're about to play the Browns. I was like, he's like, you know, ever since you made me those Browns kicks, We've we've been winning. Um, so these are my lucky brown kicks. Uh, I, I'm feeling good now. We're we're gonna make the playoffs. And he's looking at me like I'm a turd, and he's just like, "Yeah, I thought you were talking all that crap before, huh? You guys sound so confident. Like we have literally changed places with the Browns, and that's the god honest truth. It's it's ugly. The play is ugly. The organization, the how we're moving." It's been ugly. Mm-hmm. It is what it is, man. Well, that, and that's exactly where we're at. Um, we are at a point right now where we are literally one of the worst teams in the entire NFL. As embarrassing as it is to say, it's the reality. It's where we're at. Um, and we need to move quickly in order to readjust this because we you don't the last thing you want to do is be one of these perennial teams at the top of the draft board every single year. The last thing you want to do is be like the Jets who are, you know, picking top five, what seems like every single year. Um, while this top three pick is definitely appetizing and tasty, I am not confident with the guys that we have picking as of this moment. I have confidence that something's going to be done this offseason. But where we stand right now, it's completely alarming, Gail. It's, it's alarming because we are sitting here, like we've been saying this entire show, we're searching for answers here. We just want to know how they're going to – what the game plan is to, to write the ship. And we don't know anything. We get, we get left in the dark as, as fans often do. Um, but we're, we're panicking, man. We've hit the panic button. We don't want to watch this putrid t- football team year in and year out. We want them that we want this to be a fluke. That's what we're looking for. Everybody after we won the Super Bowl told us, oh, it was a fluke year, whatever. We got a freaking Super Bowl. You know what? It's the same exact, the process of thinking applies here. I want this to be a fluke year and then we can just turn this shit around. And Gail, I really don't see how we, we, we've hinted at it. We've talked about it. I don't see how we don't turn this around without a new head coach. You talked about how the last time we had double digit losses, that was the year that Andy Reed got shit canned. Andy Reed, we all agreed it was his time to go. He was, we all agreed in the city that he's a great coach. His time here was simply up. I I can't believe that, you know, with as l- less amount of time that Doug Peterson has spent in this city, that he's already, you know, outlasted his welcome. But it, that's certainly what it feels like. I don't know how we move forward with Doug Peterson. His relationship with Carson Wentz doesn't work. His relationship with the front office doesn't work. So he doesn't work. <laughs> and if you're talking about relationship standards and like as a younger person when you're dating someone, you might go the, the long distance with somebody. And then uh, as you progress in your age and then you start dating uh, different people, the time frames uh, become shorter because you, you start to know 
exactly what you're looking for. Yep. And in terms of knowing when something's wrong and something's right, you just have that feel for it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if Jeffrey Lurie has a feel for his organization and what has transpired over the last couple of years or just over the last year and how out of control things seem to be um, from, from a culture standpoint, from an organizational standpoint, um, in, the, in the, the drafting room and the scouts, and there's a disconnect between, you know, Howie and uh, the rest of the, the, the coaches, uh, I think he has to really stand back and look at the situation, but also know when he's enough is enough. So if Howie Roseman represents a confidant to him, where he's probably one of the only guys that he trusts because he's in the the circle of trust or the trust tree. And he feels like I can talk to you, Howie, and say that from what you've done with draft wise and what what we put together with free agents and such, it hasn't been working. So the guy picking the players, you know, is he does a bad job. (laughs) If John Dorsey is now in the building, you now heard that I don't know who, who dropped that or who brought that to light. But the fact that you know that John Dorsey is in the building advising, and he's a part of what might be the picture moving forward. And if Howie is just, uh, you know, riding the coattails of Dorsey and he's financially fixing things, but Dorsey is picking things, does that, you know, I mean, obviously we, we want a whole new GM and a whole new light but if that, it seems like from what we're reading and hearing it feels like the move is going to be how those mistakes now where does the target the moving target lands now towards doug peterson uh in his pressure he's kind of speaking he said uh you're confident about you know you're you're you know coming back the next year and he's like well i'm speaking from you know my i'm i'm confident in what i bring to the table so that's not fact that he's coming someone reassured him that he's coming back but, you know, I think he's speaking for himself and, and sticking up to his guns and be, being Dougie P that we all know who likes to go for it on fourth down. He's trying to uh, represent himself in the best light. Now, I, I think if, if Doug Peterson moves on, I feel like he'll get a job right away. I think, uh, but I, I mean, if the relationship is that rocky, then it speaks to everything that we've been seeing on the football field over the last year. I mean, you talk about Doug Peterson getting a job right away after, you know, if if he were to get canned from here. Just look at – okay, so look at Doug Peterson's resume. He's got the Super Bowl on there. Look at when we dumped Chip Kelly, right? He notoriously tore our entire roster apart. I think there's a lot of GMs in the league that kind of scratched their head at all of Chip Kelly's moves. And I'm like, what the hell is he doing over there? And then he destroys the team, ends up getting shit-canned, and then he gets brought right into the 49ers, and they let him destroy their team. Chip Kelly had no problem finding a job after the Eagles. So you think that Doug Peterson with a Super Bowl on his resume is going to have any problem finding a job? No way. There's no way he does. Um, but I want to go on the record right now, Gail. Um, and you're not going to like what I have to say. But even with uh, even with John Dorsey being here, if Howie Roseman is still in the building, I'm saying right now it's not going to work. It's not going to work with Howie Roseman still in the building. And we're going to be standing here making another podcast a couple years from now. And we're going to be talking about how we should have just cut bait with Howie Roseman in 2020. 
Are you saying I should should I at old takes exposed? You should let it out there. I'm I'm, I'm putting it on record. I, it's not going to work. I mean, I, it speaks to something I've been thinking about, like the situation that we go in moving forward with Howie Roseman still in the building. The fact that you know John Dorsey say he picks a handful of guys that make a whole ton of sense. Mm-hmm. You think he's going to stick around and want to stay here with the Eagles? When he Howie? Can, or no, I mean, Dorsey. John. Oh. You know, I, I, I put out a meme a couple weeks ago about, you know, a Dorsey scene and Howie scene being like. You just don't get it, do you? You don't. It's no hassle. But I'm, all I'm saying, they're going to get a. I, I'm just. Which. Which. Knock, knock. Who's there? Look. Let me tell you a little story about a man named Even before you start, that was a preemptive shh. Just know I have a whole bag of shh with your name on it. That's exactly how I needed to be in in, in the uh, war room. Yep. I don't want to speak when spoken to. I'll pick the blade. Keep him in the bathroom even? Put him in the bathroom. It's the most important position on this franchise right now. The person who's selecting players has got to get it right. He's got to get it right in the mid, mid round on day two. Day two picks have to be on the field, contributing. In a year where we're cash draft, um, it's, it's imperative. And we've, we've failed miserably the last couple of years. You look at the 2017 draft, the, the last people left are like uh, um, Nate Gary and, and Derek Barnett. That what could, are you saying? They weren't good picks? I mean, it, well, I'm just saying it could be down to one person out of the whole draft. That was yep. three years ago. Yep. So uh, I, I have a list right here, Gail. I have a list of the guys that are set to hit free agency. I just want to read through them, and you tell me who you're willing to keep and who you're willing to part ways with. Sound, sound fair? Entertaining. JP. Easy one. You See bet. you later. Uh, Jalen Mills. He's a versatile player. Um, you know, he can give you cornerback safety versus That I mean, that is a, a strength, but I'd rather have, like, a real strength. <laughs> like, he's a good depth player, but am I really in, the, in a cash-strapped situation? You'd rather bring in a guy on a rookie deal to fill his role? Exactly. I'm not, I'm not trying to – if he's a depth player and, and – is he a difference maker? He's a depth. He's a depth player. You need depth. I, I wouldn't say he's a difference maker, but we've definitely gotten our money's worth out of Jalen Mills and him being a seventh round pick. We've gotten more than what we've expected out of a seventh round pick there. But now, but we're talking about giving him money. Now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, don't get me wrong. I, I was just talking about being appreciative for what he's done, not saying well, he sticks around. It. Yeah. And now we have to pay for it. So, right. Uh, with the way that we're set up, a bank account set up as an Eagles um, cap guy right now. No. I, I, <laughs> Gotta move on. All right, so let's go on to uh, Tutty Suddy. Gotta move on. Gotta move on. Gotta move on. We got two quarterbacks right now. You got your backup quarterback to make thirty-two million. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know. We don't know. What what about this this season's uh, acquisition, Nickel Roby Coleman? Uh, Gotta move on. I agree with that. He has been underwhelming. Uh, His real name is uh, not, not NRC. It's not really covered. 
<laughs> um, a man on his second stint with the Eagles, Vinny Curry, kick him, kicking him to the curb again. Uh, again, when you look at the age of uh, players, he adds to uh, that demo- that demographic. Thirty three uh, years old. I'm ready to move on. Uh, I think he's been he, he's definitely been serviceable. Um, if, he, if he's if he's trying to take a you know a vet minimum and he, you know he's just so loyal because he's an eagle, right? Player through and through. I mean, I I I, just, I do love Vinny Curry the player, and, and if he's willing to be a depth piece for a reasonable amount, I mean that's where I'm because that's where I'm at. Like people are gonna have to move on from somebody. He's just he's depth. Might might have a cheaper depth option here in Hassan Ridgeway. Hassan Ridgeway is interesting. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back. I think we move on from Vinny. You're moving on from Vinny. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Hassan Ridgeway as a as a, a D tackle. He's he offers you really quality depth. All right. So Hassan Ridgeway is the Ridgeway is the only guy making the cut as of right now. Uh, Cravon LeBlanc. Uh, moving on. Moving on. What about Dick Rod, man? He's filled in well in that tight end three position, man. And can we can we find a, a rookie player that solves that answer? Well, we had Noah to guy, but you know. Yeah. That was back to the held other players so that guy can get off the roster. Um Yeah, I got questions. Okay. Okay. A uh, guy we really haven't seen too much of. Uh, this year in T.Y. McGill. Uh, moving on. Duke Riley. <laughs> I could move on. I mean, what is uh, he? These, these are like, I don't know. They're like, some of these guys wouldn't even play for other teams. I mean, he's our starting, one of our starting players. <laughs> I know. He's getting starting snaps. Yeah. Yeah, he played uh, 54% of snaps so far this year. And special teams, and you, like, this is where your younger players have to be developed. Special teams have been an issue this year. Because um, I'm saying, man, we, we, we gotta we gotta save as much money as possible. Yeah. All right. So, and uh, staying in that vein, I'm guessing we're finally done with Corey Clement, right? Moving on. Moving on from Corey Clement. Now, the most consistent player on the Eagles football team in 2020, Mr. Cam Johnson. <laughs> Putters are people too, man. I mean, he's been serviceable. He's been good. Yeah. I think you might Total to snub from the Pro Bowl. Give him a little punter contract. I mean, I'm, I'm, he did shank that last punt last week. He did. He did. All right. I'm keeping Cam for the record. Uh, Josh Perkins. Moving on. Rudy Ford. Right. So really, re- he really showed out this year on special teams, man. I mean, um, he, he, he doesn't play much of a role on, like in the defensive side of the ball, but as far as a special teams player, he is the first guy down there to tackle every single play. A special teams player, he, that's, it's something. I mean, you can, you, you can keep him in half. I'm not, but it's, again, it's not, these are just like, yeah. Yeah. So you're saying we've reached the part of the list where it's it's really come or go. Yeah. I got I got a couple more here. I got a couple more. Boston Scott. Yeah. Is he done enough? 
for us to offer them some real money? I don't think so. I mean, the neck roll was nice. Touchdown celebration, but I'm not. I'm not. Again, I'm not tied. Like you could, you could literally draft a running back, some quality running back in the third round, like a I Donnell mean, Pumphrey. Not whoa, that's <laughs> backup R&B dancer. Um, remember, remember how many times I was like Jamal Williams got got drafted right after Donnell Pumphrey, and how yep. I want to say. I'm still mad about that because I'm yeah. saying like this dude will be on your team for the next four years as a depth player. Yep. What has he been for the Packers? A depth player and a one, two guy. Yeah. We could have had that. We could have had that. Yeah, not, not the. Uh, so that 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 can be filled in the draft. I agree. I agree. Uh, Nate Gary, I don't even need to ask you that one. That one, it answers itself. Uh, Greg Ward. No, I could I could move off from the board too. And finally, Mr. Alex Singleton. And Alex Singleton is an interesting piece. He he showed out, but you know how much is that worth? I'd like to see. Five hundred and forty thousand dollars? How much? He was making five hundred and forty thousand dollars this year. I mean for that price, that's nice. Um and then it would probably I'm, get bumped up a little bit. I would say probably one and a half, two million. Yeah. I'm not I'm this is an interesting piece that I would bring back. I think Greg Ward, not, I'm not taking anything away from what he's added as a depth player and a great value. Um, you just want, I'm, I, are you paying for that? Yeah. Greg, Greg Ward, I think, is a guy, like we've talked about, you talked about Duke Riley, how you don't think that he would even, there's a lot of guys in this roster you don't think would even make it on another team. I think Greg Ward has done enough in his NFL career now to where even if he didn't make it here, he would be signed by another team, don't you think? I think so. I think he's. I think he's a, a quality player. I think, um, you know, you're just wondering, like, okay, is he taking snaps from somebody that should be on the field? Like, if, if they put um, Jalen Rager down there in the slot, yep, they move him around. Like, if you're trying to use him as like a Tyree Kill or a Debo Samuel, like, again, that's why you drafted some of these players. So get them on the field, get them more snaps. Yeah. Yo, you, you just you, you know how many holes this team has? A ton. And with no money to fill them. It's gonna it's gonna be oh my god. Like we are we are like we're about to enter the twilight zone. Are you are you fearing that we could potentially have a worse season next year than this year? It's possible if we don't get the the, the uh the culture right. And you talk about like I mean some of these players might be involved in the culture. We don't know if these some of these guys we're talking about are glue guys, and some of those guys do represent the glue. Yeah, some of the culture in the locker room. Some of those guys you keep, and those are the reason why some of these guys stick around. But the fact that you're keeping some of these um, versatile depth special teams player Howie Roseman, and uh, you could have had Sidney Jones, Rossi Douglas as your CBTs. In order for some of these other guys to be here, this is why we lose. This Bingo. Is why we, they were making, they were, you know, these guys were on their, still on rookie deals. Yeah. You just got rid of them for nothing. But again, like, but if some of these guys represent you guys and, you know, you, you bring some of those back. Yeah. 
But uh, with with all that being said, Gail, uh, we have got a crummy freaking roster. We have got an atrocious front office. We got a bad coaching staff. Um, we got a lot of work to do, my friend. We got a lot of work to do. And an injured football team. And what? And an injured football team. And an injured football team. Yeah. So sports medicine, sports science. It's also it's a, that's an issue. But whatever the, whatever the recipe is in the smoothie. Shit. All right. You got our number? We'll give it to you. Shoot it to the end, you know, whatever. We need the recipe. The spider two Y banana. <laughs> What's the recipe for the spider Y two banana? <laughs> uh, man, man, I think I think this this podcast uh today was um we weren't we weren't planning to have this podcast. I, I'm not gonna lie, I feel like there's a weight lifted off my shoulders right now. Right, right. I mean we were talking about like catching a different vibe and I mean, if we're going to be honest, um, this is the situation it, it, it is. Um, you have to look at yourself in the mirror. Um, and Doug Peterson has echoed those same thing. That was, a, that was the one last thing I mentioned on our last podcast on our live. It's like a man in the mirror moment for Larry, Howie, um, Maybe you talk about this emotional t- intelligence that they've been they've pumped out during the Chip Kelly era and Doug Pearson and, and the new norm and the new storm. Like they need to get rid of these cliche sayings and they just have it just focus on out. football. Just just focus on what you you know, like what you need to do with the next step and like coming together as a team. Mm-hmm. Or I mean that not just as a team, but just as a if they, from what it looks like on the outside. These coaches want more say on the players that are on the field. If Howie's got his hands in that, he's not a football guy to the fact that he's getting things right. He's shown that time and time again that the players that he's selected, selected have been wrong. And if if we don't know, Lurie's, if Lurie has been uh, you know, dabbling in some of these picks, that could also be another issue. But we never know that. But um, – well, th- think about how – I'm sorry. Just think about how simple the draft plan was this year. The only thing that they focused on this year was speed. They wanted they wanted to get the fastest guys they could possibly get at every position. So, like, if that's your sole focus, like, it, to me, it just seems – the, the research is inept. They're, they're, they're not do, getting the complete profile. They're looking at just the 40-yard dash times. Like, you know, that's pretty good. That'll fit. It's like, no, you, you, there's a there's an entire package to a player, not just their speed. Well, just having the offense that they were vertically challenged last year, that's that's what speaks to they were vertically challenged. Yeah, not, but that's it, like trying to find a simple solution to a complex answer. Right, and then they – well, then they look at trends because, you know, the Eagles are so trendy that you know, they were the team, two teams that made it to – uh, the Super Bowl were like the fastest team. Yeah, you know what I mean. But, so, but like you, you, you look at that, and but like I feel like they're just cherry picking stats there, don't you? Because like there was more to those teams than them just being fast. They, they were, they were talented in other ways, and they were all on the same page. Right, but you know, Mahomes is out there throwing, throwing no look passes. That the team's on the same page. There's no, there's no analytics for the way Mahomes plays. He's a freak. Man. <laughs> it is what it is. I'm looking forward to a uh, – shout-out to Gio was on his podcast recently. Oh, um, shout-out, Gio. 
Gio's a rock star, but um, he, he, him, man. he asked me what teams I would like to do in Super Bowl. And I was like, the Chiefs and the Packers. I think that would be a great, exciting Super Bowl. I uh, Personally, I, I am on board with that. You know who I would really like to see? I would like the, the Chiefs to lose in the AFC Championship game. Give me a Bills Super Bowl. Let's get the Bills back there, baby. Hey man, Bills, Bills have been balling. I'll take the Packers though. Pa- I mean, a Rod's been playing on a different level. Doing some good things up there. Shout out to Jimmy Salgado, my uh, little coaches in college. He's out there doing his thing. Very nice. Uh, but I, I, you know, I think uh, you know, on a whole, uh, we want to thank you guys for sticking around for this this brainstorming session. Yes, it's a random one, uh, but we also want you guys to stick around for the. Final, final Eagles kickoff live, uh, post game live for the year. Isn't that weird? I mean, it is talking about the Washington football team. Um, you know, is, is it worthy of even breaking this game down? And the fact that we feel a certain way, man, let's catch this L this week, get secure, secure the pick because it's yeah. the most important this moment. Play the young players. I don't care what you do. I don't need to see any older players. I need to see evaluation. I need to see Jalen Hurts play another game. Um, I can see that development. Uh, keep some of these older players safe. Brandon Brooks, shout out to you, has been activated. Uh, don't think he's going to play. But, Hope not. Yeah. I mean, There's no know. point. There's no point. Um, get these players healthy. Jordan Mailata, I know you got a concussion. You can sit this one out. We're not trying to catch the L. We're not trying to catch the W here. Yeah. Um, but we're we're here. Draft season is going to be huge. A lot of a lot of content we're going to be pushing out. Shout out to all the writers out there who have, you know, been doing their research. Uh, we'll be having a lot of player interviews and just being very active. More more so this this, this off season. A lot of a lot of things to look forward to. Evan, mm-hmm. you got well, I would I would just want to echo what you said at the very beginning of what you're saying right there, and uh, please join the final uh, live uh, show of the Eagles kickoff show of the season. This could potentially be the final Eagles live kickoff show that we have. I'm kind of anticipating with this vaccine coming out. I'm hoping that we're back in the parking lots next year. Hoping to get back to uh, our roots. We'd love to see you guys all out there and um, go birds. We got a long road ahead of us, man. Yeah, man, uh, just looking forward to positive time and shout out to the VAC team. Uh, hopefully, uh, y'all take the first one, let me know how it is, and then uh, <laughs> we'll go from there. And uh, we'll be back to uh, Eagles football and the way that we always appreciate our birds. Until the next one, we'll see you guys soon. Live, Eagles, live.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.